Welcome to the Celebration Community Church Podcast, where we exist to meet God, grow in Him, and serve through Him. Welcome to the Celebration Community Church podcast. This is season two of the podcast. We're talking about the things that we believe as part of our church's statement of faith, which can be found at c3hayes.com slash about. And seated across from me is Natalie Klima, or small girl with a big Big guitar. guitar. (laughs) Either one works. That is my favorite characterization of you. And I almost, like, I, I had been putting back and forth the idea of making a little jingle for you <laughs> to have. Small girl and a big guitar. Na, 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 na. Oh, my goodness. That would have been awesome. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll do it in post, and then it will make its light on the podcast. Oh, I'm excited to hear it. So, Natalie, you've been attending Celebration. You have been on the worship team for quite a while now. You've also taught some classes uh, over financial responsibility with your husband, Jordan. Mm-hmm. And I'm forgetting something, but you're, you're very well-versed at coffee bar as well. Mm-hmm. You're, you are very intricately connected to the life of Celebration Community Church. But because we have a large church, I want to ask a couple of questions that are just like easy softball things okay. for people to know more about. Who is the small girl with the big guitar? Yes. Okay. Rapid fire. Here we go. Okay. What is your favorite coffee? Iced Americano. Is there a particular origin? I know I know that many might not know how much of a coffee snob you I are. I am so. a coffee snob. Um. I don't, uh, to be honest, I started working at Starbucks not having a love of coffee. I liked the smell. I liked the vibe. I liked the legacy of coffee, mm-hmm. I guess. I had grandparents no. that drank coffee, and I don't know. It's it's an interesting uh, beverage that has a history, I think. Mm-hmm. And I was drawn in by that appeal, but I didn't really love coffee, and so I made it a personal goal that I would slowly wean myself off of milks and and <laughs> syrups yes um and i realized that i liked iced coffee better because i could drink it faster and uh i didn't feel like the flavor profile <laughs> went down as it cooled <laughs> i love it and so yeah i kind of did it out of a personal challenge and then yeah. that's kind of the history of it. i have long said that i just don't have the palate for something <laughs> like coffee i drink it very yeah. often but i'm just like mmm tastes like coffee whenever i see the flavor notes i'm just like thank goodness there are people who can tell (laughs) this because i'm like it's kind of like dirt and water (laughs) and bitterness but it's but it's fairly pleasant yeah Yeah. that's right um favorite hayes restaurant oh my goodness um honestly i really like the um taco truck yes you're the second person that has been on the the podcast taco riendo on 12th and vine it is phenomenal Mm -hmm. they've been closed for a couple weeks and we do we do this thing in our our house where we do um take out on fridays and we always eat take out together and we've wanted to do taco riendo for two or three weeks but Mm -hmm. they've been closed so that has just been 
a not happy part. But I'm glad that you yes. like to What is your order when you go? On Okay, honestly, it's a recent favorite. And I think that part of me favoring it is because I haven't tried a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have gotten the barbacoa tacos. Is that what it is? With okay. shredded beef. And so, yeah, that's I'm not I get. much of a meat expert. No, you, you might not be <laughs> very satisfied with the answers that I would give you. I, mm, what, sure. What great. do you get though? I they do a vegetarian taco. I'll that have to try is, it. Is really really good. And then there's this like vegetable um, cup mm-hmm. that has like um, chili sauce in it, and mm. it's it's really really good. They have I'm... peanuts in it as well. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but it is fantastic okay i'll have to try it yeah i love i love like the fresh ingredients yes. when you can actually taste something and it's like oh this doesn't taste like it came out yeah. of the can my that's nice. my recommendation if you go and get tacos there if it's served with lime on the side you have to squeeze it over you the top you have to use the lime yeah you absolutely have it's to. not just there for presentation yes last question it will be a fairly easy one if you are not doing the things that you do at church, what is your favorite like hobby to do? I like being outside, mm-hmm. walking my dog or taking myself on a walk, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I like being outside and I love reading. Yes. And if I can incorporate the two together, it's even better. Do you so walk and read simultaneously? Yes. That's pretty impressive. Honest to God, I've taken a book to the gym before in the wintertime and uh-huh. walked on the treadmill reading a book, which <laughs> I haven't done since I've been married. But Jordan mm-hmm. was like, you know, I don't know if that's the most attractive thing you've ever done. <laughs> like, you look like a real nerd at the gym, hey. but hey, I don't care. It's a good time to read. <laughs> that we talk about. And today is the same, but mm-hmm. we're talking about the Bible. So we've been going through this What I what We Believe series as celebration. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to just take that blurb that I was talking about at the beginning of the, the episode of what the church says, our statement on the Bible itself. And then I just wanted to have a, a conversation that's kind of adjacent to that. It's not going to be like, how do we know that this is true, blah, 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 because I feel like that's an unfair question to ask of you. But what I want to do is I, I want to ask the question that kind of gets at how has the Bible been compelling in your life? And how has that been a journey for you from growing up church in the church or church adjacent for your entire life and and how your opinions or your beliefs or your practices concerning the Bible have changed over time. So here's the blurb on the website concerning the Bible. It says this, the Bible is God's word to us. It was written by human authors under the supernatural guidance of the Holy Spirit. 
It is the source of truth for Christian beliefs and living. Because it is inspired by God, it is the truth without any mixture of error. We believe the Bible is not only inerrant, but complete. And there are a couple of scriptures here, 2 Timothy 3.16, 2 Peter 1, 20, and 21, etc. And I will, uh, I'll make sure that I link this in the show notes uh, as well. But let's just start with this. And I know a little bit more about your story, so I'm going to kind of pull from that. You are not only someone who's grown up in the church, but you also attended Christian school. I did. Which I imagine that there is there's something specifically focused concerning the Bible in your mm-hmm. school. How has that, how did that kind of affect you at that point, and how have you kind of um, continued with that education over your time? Yep. Um, I think that probably the first memories that I have of uh, uh, focusing on scripture, I was part of Awanas at my church. Firmly yeah. Awana stands. Led by the Lord. Yes. So I I have memories of just like memorizing Bible verses or the mm-hmm. books of the Bible so yep. that I could get like the prize yeah. afterwards. Yes. <laughs> Which is kind of like yes. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Or the to little do. jewels in your crown. What didn't that wasn't there a crown and you got jewels like as yes. you yes. Some real so, treasures in heaven for, yeah. for kids who are incapable of thinking abstract. Yes. Yeah. So I think that my first experience um, and first memories of, of being exposed to scripture, I guess, um, was Awanas, which was very memorization focused. And a lot of it was, I mean, sometimes context would be explained, but very rarely it was pretty much here's John three sixteen, memorize it, get, um, rewarded for that, which I don't think is, is, um, I think it's hard sometimes as, you know, being very early ingrained in the church, scripture is just hard, which is why they, I feel like they've produced, you know, children's Bibles and things like that, because there are a lot of nuances in scripture and like things that you have to learn in context that it's just difficult at a younger age. So I remember, um, being exposed to scripture in that way, which was, which was more of a kind of a task, I guess I was, I wasn't looking at scripture as a way to learn about God, I knew that God was described in the Bible, but um, it was more, it, it was like, we have to memorize verses because that's what Christians do. Right. We are good to go again. So we were just at, um, Christians memorize the Bible. They right. know Bible verses. That's what they do. Yep. So I had that kind of thought and impression as a young kid that I was to memorize scripture, but then that was my personal experience. But then I, for context, my dad was a senior pastor for a period of time, youth pastor for a period of time. And I would see him studying scripture and I recognized that it was different than my exposure to memorizing scripture. And one of my memories growing up that was very vivid every morning when I woke up, my mom was reading her Bible and that was her routine. She would wake up in the morning and read scripture. And so I, I recognized also that that kind of picture that I had as a kid was not the complete full picture of kind of the expectation of a follower of Christ when it comes to scripture. It wasn't only just memorization. Yeah. So you start seeing the fact that, whoa, 
people don't just read the Bible in order to have it committed to memory, mm-hmm. though that's an important thing to do. Uh, they read it because they think it's the source of truth for Christian beliefs mm-hmm. and living. Tell me about how that has kind of moved in your life. Has yeah. that uh, gradually changed? Because obviously at your Awana days, yes. you were like, the, the scriptures are for memorizing to be rewarded for yep. that memorization. But now I would say you're probably in a very different place yep. trying to live out the things that they contain. How did that happen in your mind? Yeah. I think that as I got older and obviously I was able to retain more that was being spoken in, in from the pulpit, I guess, as a generic term, whether that was from a senior pastor or youth pastor, those kinds of things, I started realizing the the benefit of more in-depth study and, and bringing things into context because I think that sometimes we can read scripture and... You know, we're like, wow, Jesus was talking to a woman, big deal. But it actually was a big deal. And you have to pull those things into context. And I think that, you know, also having had, I had Bible classes um, when I was at my my Christian school. And so there were some different things that, you know, we would do studies as a class. And we had, I remember that I had a teacher that taught inductive Bible study. Mm -hmm. And then I had another teacher that we talked about worldviews. And then I had another teacher where we talked about creation and, and Genesis. And so every semester and every year was a little bit different, but each of those things taught me different ways to study scripture and not, I think that it's, you know, we have to have the context of, of what we're studying, but right. I think also um, it can be difficult because we, we, don't want to, you know, pull something too much into our own ideas or like our own application. Right. The whole reason that context is important is you have to know what the original author intended Mm -hmm. for the original audience to understand and then extrapolate that to, so how, what does that mean for me in a society that is far different than the society of the scriptures? I mean, they're just not interested in the same questions right. that we are. And to have the humility to be able to go back and, and look at the Bible and see it as a source of truth mm-hmm. that doesn't ask and answer the questions that I am bringing of the text is a really, really important thing to do. So like, I think that a lot of times when people say, I can't trust the Bible or something like that, what they're doing is they're taking a very modern look at what questions should be answered or what questions they desire to answer and then like imposing that on a on a set of texts that are not going to move to that so you know if if there is a a place of tension i would say that that probably is it's Mm -hmm. the difference between what the (laughs) the israelites and the jews uh, were interested in asking and then what we as like people in a place where we have flying automobiles yes. and stuff are, yeah. are are interested in asking as well. It's just a, a totally different uh, way of, of seeing the world, the, the way that language works, yep. the body of knowledge in which we're drawing from. Yeah. With all those things being said, you're still here. You're mm-hmm. still connected to a church, and I would imagine that the Bible has something to do with that. Mm-hmm. How has the Bible been compelling to you in a way that you trust it? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think that um, 
as as I kind of moved throughout my Christian walk, if you want to call it that, I sometimes I sometimes struggle with. You know, I grew up in a Christian bubble. <laughs> I mean, like I was always right. at church. I didn't attend Christian school my entire life, right? Um, but that was very much part of my my older journey and that sort of thing. And I think that um, I knew a lot of scripture and I knew a lot of right answers from when I was younger. And I think that um, I also, I think a lot of people that grew up in church probably can can think of, of things that they were told. I mean, this is a kind of off the wall example, but I know, you know, people sometimes say, not as much as they used to, but, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness kind of thing. And it's like, until I studied scripture for myself, I realized like that's not actually explicitly written in the Bible anywhere, but I thought that it was. And so like, I think that I took a lot of human experience from other people and um, I ended up learning from that. And whether it was something that, you know, I, I heard about and assumed that it was scripturally based um, and then as I did my own studying, I'm like, you know, that was more of a an interpretation that someone maybe took and then presented it as gospel, for lack of a better way to say it. Mm-hmm. And I think that throughout time, I just realized, you know, we're all human. We mess up things. We even mess up interpretation of scripture sometimes. And and we yeah. mess up, um, we, we just mess it up sometimes. And I think that um, as I dove deeper into scripture and realized, you know, my kind of, um, that my spiritual walk was greatly influenced by the things I found to be true in the Bible out of my personal study versus, you know, growing up, my interpretation of what was biblical was what other people were telling me out of the Bible. And so I think that I've just walked through seasons of life And I have just found scripture to be true over time. And I think that some people, you know, it it may be a very specific verse or a very specific passage. I know that, you know, some people, I was talking with a friend about, you know, depression and things like that. And she was talking about how she really resonated with the story of Job. So Mm, I think that there's, there's times like that where we can learn lessons um, through, through specific stories. And sometimes I think, a lot of people can resonate with different wisdom and different things to be true from the book of Proverbs, you know, the, right. the wisdom that Proverbs brings. And so I think just through life lessons, I've just felt that scripture has proved itself to be true. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, but it's on a more personal level now yeah. than when I was younger. And certainly, you know, there, there has to be a difference between this like crystalline and fluid knowledge, right? Crystalline knowledge is the idea that like, yes, something is true. So we say the Bible is true. Yeah. But then the the fluid knowledge comes from the realization of in your behavior, living out your life as if the Bible is true. Right. And that being fruitful and worthwhile and, and bringing flourishing both to your life and the people that are, are surrounding mm-hmm. you as well. You know, I, I teach... Uh, a Bible Foundations course, which you have attended, and I hope that that was a helpful thing for you. Um, And one of the things that I say is like the Bible is a library, Mm -hmm. and you were just talking about the different times in which different parts of the scriptures will, will point to 
or will will help someone through a particular season and you know the diversity of of authorship and of style and of like theme is is very helpful because the bible gives us a lifetime of what it looks like to be a faithful person yeah it gives us the words to lament to God when we're angry and we don't see yep. what is happening. It gives us the character of Jesus by which to reconcile everything in the world back to an intention that is pure and beautiful and lovely. It gives us instructions for Christian living from yep. Paul and and from the the other epistles. Like I mean <laughs> there are so many different ways to a- approach that, but it's really edifying as a person of faith to hear that you found things to be true after you read. So we've talked a bit about context. We've talked a bit about like behaving as if the Bible is true. Like how do we live lives that are in, informed or inspired by the Bible to, to be the source for our, our, what we think and how we live? Yeah. I think that this is probably going to see very seem very elementary of me to say, but f- first you have to read the Bible. I think that sometimes yeah. I really struggle um, in hearing about different people's experiences where they they're still e- even as they're you know getting older and maybe more able to you know grasp context and things like that. Yeah. They're still taking a lot of scripture and things like that based on what someone else says. And I think that for us to really be molded by the word of God, we have to be in it. Mm, yeah. And I think also, I remember having a couple of pastors growing up, which I think that this was quite bold of them to say. And I believe I've heard Pastor Brandt say it as well. Like, don't listen to everything I'm saying. Like you can check scripture against what I'm saying. And I would love if you would do that. And I think that a lot of people um, assume people in leadership always get it right. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not in a, it's not in a a critiquing way to do that. Um, I don't think, but just, you know, we have to spend time in the Bible to learn about Christianity and about, I mean, there's just, it, like I said, it seems really elementary yeah. to say that, but I think that it really influences um, how you see the world. And I think that there are a lot of people with good intentions in our world that, yeah. you know, can can say, you know, that well, the Bible says this or the Bible says that. And um, I think that it is really hard sometimes because we can sometimes make the Bible say what we want it to say mm. um, instead of actually diving deep into the the true interpretation. Yeah, I, you like. have a couple of really important things. The first thing is just like you've got to read the Bible. And I looked at some Pew research statistics about like how many people profess belief in God yeah. by and, and that is compared to like the frequency of reading scripture. Mm-hmm. And it is amazing the number of people who will uh, profess belief in God or even in like the Christian God specifically and do not read the Bible, yeah. right? So if I'm saying that I believe in God, I conform to the the likeness of Christ, mm-hmm. I have to figure out some way by which to know what Christ expects of me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
if the Holy Spirit is living inside me, I can expect that as well. But like the primary location for revelation yep. comes from the scriptures. Yeah. You know, you you mentioned the Word of God, and this is one of my one of my favorite things. In John one, it says that in the beginning the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Jesus mm-hmm. is the Word of God. How do I access what Jesus desires that I behave like? Mm-hmm. I have to read it somewhere. And then you've also said that reading it isn't quite enough Mm -hmm. because you can twist the the words of the Bible to really mean anything that you want to. Mm -hmm. And then the dangerous thing about that is you get this assumed power of God behind you Mm because if we say, oh, the Bible is from God, if I read this, then I can... Like, then I can tell you what God is saying. Mm-hmm. So I read this and the the way to the way to really like go with it is is just to like, oh, I can interpret this well. So we yeah. have to have a, a, a communal way mm-hmm. to interpret the scriptures as well and to do it rightly mm-hmm. by trusting people in authority to do so mm-hmm. and and checking that they are right. doing it correctly, but also to continue to learn how to do so right. in our personal lives. And then I think the, the one thing that I would move to beyond that is the third thing is just actually behaving mm-hmm. as if the scriptures are, are true. Yeah. If the two greatest commandments that Jesus says are to love God with my mind, soul, heart, and strength, and to love my neighbor as myself, yeah, then perhaps the Bible is a source of liberative power right. for both them and me because you know Jesus also says it's far better to give than it is to receive so i get to have some sort of interaction with the presence of god in serving and then perhaps the person that i serve or the community that i serve or the population i serve yada 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 etc right yeah. is is going to have some sort of connection mm-hmm. in that way yep. and that's you know, the thing that I have found in my life that's been frustrating is seeing a person who, who has well is well-intentioned and says, I, I believe in the Bible, I trust the Bible, but are not willing to really use the Bible as means of transformation for their life. Yeah. They still retain some things that, that are maybe in the best light, unhelpful mm-hmm. about how to live, you know? And my my concern is that, like, the saying that the Bible is true is fairly easy. Yeah. Behaving as if the Bible is true is far more difficult. Mm-hmm. That, like, we're offered the fact that we don't have to do it alone. Yeah. We're given a body, a community, a yeah. family to be able to do it alongside. And, and to interpret as well, because, mm-hmm. like, the way that someone on the coast is going to interpret something... Yeah might differ radically than how I am going to interpret something. And that's okay. Right. There's good, there's goodness in that yeah. diversity. Yeah. And I think also, I won't, we'll see if I remember both points here that I was mm-hmm. going to chat about, but I think. All right. So Whenever you're ready. The couple things that I want to chat about is, you know, looking at the Bible and accepting it as, as truth. It, um, you know, the the second of the commandments that we were given, love our neighbor as ourself. If I choose to believe that the Bible is true, then I don't get to have the prejudices and things that my heart wants as, as a sinful human. And that's a constant daily, you know, laying down of self with scripture talks about. 
And it, it calls us to a higher standard when you believe that the Bible is true. Yeah. And I think that that's something that's really challenging. And I think um, the other thing that I have um, been thinking more about recently is, and listening to speakers talk about, is the kind of your truth is your truth, my truth is my truth, and how that's kind of sometimes weaves its way into Christianity in some ways where it's kind of a new thing. I don't know if I would call it like new age Christianity because I'm not super great with all the terms nowadays. But um, I think that's hard also because I have heard people say, you know, I'm a Christian and I believe in the God of the Bible, but I don't believe everything that the Bible says is true. And if you're not following that um, as you know, a way for us to, to look at Jesus's life and say, this is what a follower of Jesus does. Then it's kind of, I mean, honestly, it's to me, it just feels like you're kind of a deist. Like you believe in a higher power and maybe even you want to put the label that it's the God of the Bible. But if you're not believing scripture, it's truth, and you're not following what the Bible says, then I think that there's lots and lots of room for interpretation for people to live life in a way that they might see fit instead of, um, instead of the way that the Bible um, shows us. Yeah. If you if you submit to Christ's direction in your life, then you don't get to pick and choose which of those directives yep. you find to be compelling mm-hmm. and not. But the entirety of what He means for us to do and to behave like yeah. is one, a, a lifetime full of trying to figure that out yep. because, you know, Jesus has never directly told me what to do. Yep. I, I have to kind of figure my way around good counsel yeah. and faithful study of the scriptures right. and people that help me to interpret how I might behave yeah. in a world that is very different than the world that Jesus mm-hmm. injected himself into. Um, but also that, you know, Jesus kind of shows us the way Mm -hmm. by which to, to live with the, by the scriptures, you know, if, if there is in some sort of contradiction between Jesus and the scriptures, which is something that I is far above my pay grade, Mm -hmm. I think that what we have to do is we have to conform ourselves to the life of God is able to do as God pleases, mm. and yet in some way he chooses to be near to us. So yeah. like maybe maybe I should do my best to really follow the things that he has given us. Mm-hmm. In conclusion, if there's one thing that you want somebody to know about the Bible and studying the Bible and what it's done in your life, what would you what would you say to somebody? Ooh. Um I would probably say, and I feel like this is a answer that's probably a little bit cliche, but God's not scared of our questions or even sometimes our uncertainty. Yeah. And, you know, um, I don't think that, that questions are wrong because questions make you learn. Like if you sit in a classroom and you don't ask any questions and you don't interact with the lesson that's being taught, then there's there's no room to grow and no room to learn. And so you know, even Nathan and I sitting here, we're still learning and we're still growing and we're still asking questions. And, um, I think that, you know, there are a lot of things that go on in our world and our lives that 
you know, it's, it's worth coming to God and saying, you know, like, you know, it, it doesn't say explicitly in scripture what I should think about this topic or this issue or this thing that I'm walking through with my friend. So what else can I learn? Um, and how can I, how can I, you know, see what being a follower of Christ means in scripture and then apply that to today? Well said. I, I really resonate with the idea that God invites, and I would even go so far as the Bible shows us the way by which to do so. You mentioned mm-hmm. Job, and Job is 43 chapters of a guy telling his friends and tell, and asking God why things are happening. Yeah. And when God chooses to respond to the friends, he says, why haven't you spoken rightly of me like my servant Job has? And Job has spent all this time asking God if he's just, mm-hmm. asking God why these things are happening to him if he has not deserved it to happen. And yeah. and God doesn't give an answer, and that's probably one of the, the most difficult parts of, of wrestling with Job. But there's precedent to say that God is able to handle our, our questions mm-hmm. and will show up. Yeah. even if we ask. So I just want to thank you so much for, for your time, for being willing to chat about the Bible and, and hopefully out of anything that so, someone can say like, hey, maybe I can interact with the Bible as well. Yeah. Because if we can do it, then yeah, anyone can, can do it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you.